Live from the Centennial State, this is the Career Conversation Podcast, where you take control of your future and gain the confidence you need to reach your career goals. Hosted by Ryan Seeley, career counselor at the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus. Each week, I will bring you bite-sized conversation from real people working within real careers. Subscribe now so you don't miss any of the action. Welcome to the Career Conversation Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jeff Sanderson. Jeff Sanderson went to high school in Rochelle High School in Rochelle, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. He spent 32 years of his life as an airline pilot for several major airlines. In addition, he flew as a corporate pilot where he flew high performance twin engines. And in addition, he also flew the medevac transporting patients from small communities to the larger Denver area. And in addition, he served as a flight instructor for single engine airplanes. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ryan. You spent your life as an airline pilot. Kind of before we jump into that, I'd be curious if you can tell the students of Cherry Creek and the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus, maybe what your high school experience was like. Um, and, And how did you discover your passion for aviation? Well, when I was a junior in high school, I took a, an introductory flight at the local airport. And the local airport was just a, a half mile long strip with a, a no control tower. It was just a kind of a country field that uh, there were some flight instructors giving training out there. And uh, there were about uh, a dozen of us and a, uh, somebody formed a flying club in the high school. and. Uh, we went out there and we all took about a 20 minute introductory flight in uh, a little airplane, a little single engine airplane. And I just uh, was really captured by uh, just how fun it was. I was just uh, enamored with uh, flying ever since. I'd been on uh, some airliner flights, not very many prior to that. Uh, I was just coming up on my 17th birthday and uh, uh, I, decided uh, I'm gonna see if I can uh, take some flying lessons and see if I really do like this and uh, and that's what I went ahead and did I, that summer uh, in 1969 I started my flight training in uh, small Cessna airplanes we uh, uh, it took about four months to uh, get uh, qualified to take my uh, check ride to become a private pilot and that allows you then to uh, rent an airplane and uh, take uh, uh, friends with you to go flying and uh, then uh, I had another year of high school to go so during that uh, that year I continued to uh, increase my uh, experience level just by renting airplanes and typically trying to find somebody that wanted to go flying that would share the cost of uh, renting those airplanes Uh, in hindsight it seemed like those planes were so inexpensive to to rent compared to these days but uh, everything of course uh, has gone up and cost quite a lot. Back then it was about $1,000 to uh, get your private pilot license if you uh, kind of sailed on through without uh, too many breaks. If you uh, if it takes you too long to get your license, it's probably going to cost you more to get your license because uh, you tend to have to uh, spend each lesson kind of catching up to where you'd lost the, left off the time before. You know, if you wait two weeks between lessons, that sort of thing, uh, you're going to have to 
probably uh, get more flight training total before you're ready to get your license. So if, if you can, when it comes time to uh, do your flight training, ideally uh, you can uh, hopefully have enough money that, and time to uh, get out there and uh, train pretty regularly, maybe at least two times a week. And uh, that uh, can minimize the uh, expense uh, to get your license. But these days it's, uh, it's close to $10,000 by the time you uh, uh, have enough flight training to take your private pilot check ride. But before you get that private pilot license, uh, your go first goal is probably you want to get your student pilot license. And uh, generally that's going to take, uh, oh, just roughly 20 hours of flight training before you, uh, your instructor thinks you are uh, uh, safe to go uh, flying by yourself. They call it solo and your uh, flight instructor will uh, get out of the airplane after uh, they think that you've uh, acquired enough takeoff and landing practice and typically tell you, okay, you go out there and take off, fly around uh, the uh, airport, come back, land three times, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and then next time you come to the airport, uh, we'll probably go flying again together and then uh, I'll, uh, authorize you to go take off and land uh, a few more times by yourself just to gain some experience and uh, self-confidence is what it's highly uh, is what it's about at that point so you you really got interested in high school you had an, an aviation or flight club yeah it really a... kind of sparked it for you and then you ran mm -hmm. with it yeah you went to the went and got some flight uh, kind of more flight classes in your so junior summer heading your senior year you have your private pilot license as a senior um, in Rochelle High School up in Rochelle Illinois is that accurate yes that's amazing so your senior yeah. year you had your private pilot license yeah. and my sister who's two years older than me she came back to uh, home from college uh, on that June day that I took my first solo flight and she was at the airport with my dad watching me solo and uh, she my dad said do you want to uh, take a lesson yourself and uh, and she said sure so she jumped in uh, the airplane went out with the uh, instructor who happened to be female also and uh, went flying around she started flying at that time also in fact she got her pilot's license before I did because she had to get back to college by September so she was on the really fast track and uh, she got her pilot's license before she went back for her junior year of college. And uh, as it turned out, um, that was in 1969. And about uh, 10 years later, she was uh, hired by uh, Braniff Airlines. They're not in business anymore, but uh, she got out of college and went uh, to work for Braniff Airlines as a flight attendant. There were no pilots being hired that were females at the time, but uh, she continued to uh, train and she got her flight instructor license, started giving flight instruction, built up her time, and by uh, she got an airline job before I did. Wow. And, uh, and she spent uh, 20 years as an airline captain. So what, you get this passion in high school, you pursue your private pilot license, you gain it, you end up graduating, what are your next steps? Do you go to college? Do you join the military? How do you pursue that um, uh, pilot license so that you can fly the big planes like you did? Uh, it depends on what the situation is at the time uh, um, and what airline maybe that you want to get on with. 
there are some sites, I don't know if it's called Future Airline Pilots of America, or uh, um, there's, if you Google around a bit, sure. uh, and they've got uh, no shortage of information on what airlines are requiring, what kind of background, and, uh, and the thing with the airlines is it changes. What, what you need to get hired by an airline is not always the same. It's based on uh, supply and demand. Right now the demand is very high and the supply is low. And uh, so people that wouldn't have been competitive uh, 15, 20 years ago uh, to get a job flying with the airlines are competitive now yep. uh, with less flight time, less experience, but uh, they really need pilots now. So, and they're perfectly safe now, even though they might not have as much training as uh, or flight experience as somebody did uh, maybe 20 years ago when when uh, they were requiring more flight time because they had plenty of people applying and not as many jobs. So it all depends on what is going on at the current time. And things change with the airlines dramatically. Uh, the economy, when it uh, starts slowing down and if there might be a slowdown, a recession, uh, the airlines are one of the first industries to really cut back because it's hugely expensive to fly airplanes that don't have enough people on them to pay the bills. So they'll park airplanes and they'll furlough pilots. And it's very common um, for pilots to, uh, at least in the past, uh, uh, go through a furlough um, before, uh, uh, as opposed to getting hired and, uh, and uh, staying with the airline the whole, whole time. And it, uh, it's not uncommon at all. So that's one of the things you have to kind of keep in the back of your mind. Um, if uh, you happen to get hired before they do a lot of uh, a lot of hiring, uh, it helps you dramatically. It's all about uh, they call it seniority, and if you get it's your date of hire, and if you get hired, and then they continue to hire, and they get a lot of people hired behind you. Then if they furlough pilots, they always furlough the least uh, uh, senior pilots first, and uh, and you might avoid getting furloughed. And uh, even if you don't get furloughed, you might end up, uh, if things, you know, if there's a drawback, it might take you longer to get to the left seat, the captain's seat, than it otherwise would. Right now, what bodes well for uh, airline hiring and uh, for progression up, uh, up the ranks and into the left seat, and uh, that basically the security of having enough flight time, uh, enough seniority at the airline that you will probably avoid a furlough. What bodes so well right now is that there are so many pilots over the age of 50 and the mandatory retirement age is 65 and uh, it is, uh, that's an FAA requirement. You cannot fly past the age of 65. And so in the next 15 years, you've got, I think it's at least half of the pilot uh, group that's uh, flying for the airlines right now have to retire. There's an old pilot. So it's called demographics, and uh, that is going to happen whether there's ups and downs in the economy or not. You've got a certain number of pilots that are going to be retiring per year, and uh, some of these uh, sites that uh, kind of track things for people interested in airline jobs, will they can tell you uh, this airline has a lot of younger pilots and uh, relative to this other airline. <laughs> And uh, you know, if it's uh, if it's about seniority, which most people uh, that have been around very long know that seniority is all important. 
uh, getting on with a, an airline that has older, you know, more pilots that are going to be retiring is probably the, the way uh, you, you're going to have a better career than if you get on with an airline that has uh, younger pilots. And then a, an airline that uh, is going to be growing fast, Frontier comes to mind. I, it looks like Frontier might be, uh, they're not one of the biggest airlines, but they're, uh, they're a big airline. And uh, uh, I think they still have, and it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a gamble. Are they gonna be growing faster than, uh, than other airlines? And, and that's another thing, as they buy more airplanes, they need more pilots. So uh, that's another thing to keep in mind. I did not come through the military. I got all my training and my experience in the civilian world, so I do not know very much about uh, how best to get there through the military. The one obvious advantage is the military pays for your training, but the, uh, uh, the disadvantage is that after you've get, gotten trained by them, uh, they require that you stay with them and they've got a lot of money tied up in training you and they want you to stay with them. Uh, it's a contractual deal where you have to stay with them. Uh, I can't remember just how many years it is, but uh, anybody can find that out by doing a little Googling what your commitment is. And uh, college is another thing. Do you need a four-year degree? Well, depends on the airline, depends on how, how much they need pilots. In the old days, uh, up until, I don't know, 20 years ago, uh, it seemed like the vast majority of pilots did have a four-year degree and uh, and it didn't necessarily have to be a degree in uh, in uh, aviation uh, it could be a, I flew with a lot of people with degrees in all sorts of things history political science economics uh, art music uh, it, the, the most people tend to be in the in the uh, stem fields I think with their college degrees but uh, it is certainly not a requirement, but it used to be just a way of, uh, I think, cutting down on the number of people that the airline maybe had to uh, interview. Uh, they would just say, okay, four-year degree required before you get a, an interview here. But now it's, uh, they need pilots and they, uh, the four-year degree is not as important right now. Right. So, Really quick, few last questions. What skills can students in high school say be working on as an adolescent or uh, soon to graduate that would help them with a career in aviation? Um, well, your STEM classes are, our, uh, I've got a uh, technology background and I'm kind of prejudiced that way, I think. Uh, everybody tends to think the way they did it is probably the best. <laughs> but. Um, uh, flying airplanes is not, uh, uh, you do not have to be a, a math whiz or a, a real, uh, uh, in fact, there's an argument to be made, you could be uh, maybe too smart to fly airplanes safely. You get kind of balled up in the uh, details perhaps uh, without uh, uh, having, maintaining uh, the big picture perhaps, uh, that's arguable. But uh, it, uh, uh, depending on what you're, if you are planning on going to college, um, you're probably gonna wanna tailor what you take in high school for what you plan on doing in college. And you might wanna take a business career if it's uh, kind of a nice backup 
because you might be one of those people that are furloughed. And uh, that is, uh, so think about what else you might be doing because you might get sidelined along the way. And I might add also, a lot of people think that uh, you need uh, 20-20 vision to be a pilot. You do not. In the old days, that was just one more thing to cut down on the number of people they had to interview. Uh, everybody had to be 20-20, uncorrected, no glasses. And that's no longer the case. So. All right, last question as we wrap things up. What's something, a memorable experience, an exciting experience, a terrifying experience you had in the airs when uh, you're 32 years of flying? Well, uh, I never had an engine fail on me. That's, and, and that's common. Most people do not have uh, engine failures. The jet engines these days are so incredibly reliable. And as you probably heard, it's uh, safer to go on your flight than it is to drive to the airport. And that is most definitely true. It's just crazy safe. Airline pilots uh, don't pay any more for life insurance and, than anybody else. And uh, probably they play, pay less, actually, I think. They tend to lead a, a little healthier life because you do have to pass a medical exam every uh, uh, six to 12 months uh, when you're a pilot. And uh, sometimes those older pilots don't even make it to age 65 because of uh, blood pressure issues. Uh, a lot of that that sort of thing can be taken care of with medication, but uh, a lot of them drop out before 65 because of medic medical issues. So uh, uh, exciting. Uh, fortunately, most of my career was kind of boring, and that's the way we like it. So uh, uh, routine as can be, and uh, routine is the way the airlines want you to fly. They don't want you to be an experimenter. Um, they do it the same way because typically on a bigger airline especially you'll get into the cockpit and the uh, your uh, fellow pilot uh, whether they're in the right seat or left seat you are uh, expected to do everything the same way everybody does it the same way uh, that way it uh, they know what works best and uh, and it's it, it's been working incredibly well over the last 20 or 30 years. The airline industry has just gotten safer and safer and safer. It's just unbelievable how safe it's gotten. I had uh, a memorable experience. I remember uh, we left Indianapolis, coming back to Denver uh, in December. As I recall, it was cold out. And I got a, got a call from the uh, lead flight attendant. said, there's a guy back here that uh, won't keep his clothes on. And uh, he seems like he's on drugs or something, and uh, right now I've got him sitting up front on the jump seat. It's, it's the uh, flight attendant seat that's right near the entry door, and I got a blanket around him, and uh, he keeps wanting to get up and walk around, and uh, anyway, uh, so um, I called our dispatcher in Chicago, and he said, land in St. Louis. I'll let him know you're coming in, and you can drop that passenger off, and uh, that's what we did there. And uh, it's a great story, I think. And I also think that it illustrates such a good um, uh, such a good concept that the, the, the airlines want routine. They want these the, these flights to run. They don't want disruption. Um, and I appreciate that answer because I think sometimes uh, kids perceptions of pilots are one thing. Um, and the reality is we're transporting people and we don't want disruptions. We don't want excitement. Right, in this uh, <laughs> they're going for an so, airplane ride, but uh, you don't want to get them a real airplane right. ride. <laughs> 
Jeff, I appreciate you joining us today. We'll have to do it again. You've got a lot of um, a lot of experience as an airline pilot, and I know we only captured a very small window of it. So perhaps a 2.0 coming up in the next um, few months. Um, but this has been live from the CCIC, the Career Conversation Podcast, where we are bringing you real people from real careers. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. <laughs>